Right, we will commence. Apologies for absence. Apologies for absence. Yes, please. Right, Councillor Asker? No. Okay. Any others? No. Right, thank you. Um, Declarations of interest. Did you want to say something about Councillor Barker? As an Essex County Councillor, Chairman. Yes, Mr. Pierce is just going to say something. Uh, just to say, uh, I mean, as, as you're aware, there's no need to declare a personal interest merely because you're a member of Parish Council. But uh, on the agenda tonight is the local council tax uh, support scheme, which uh, does have implications for the finances of uh, town and parish councils. So my advice is that the, 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 the members of town and parish councils will have an interest. That's a personal but not a prejudicial interest. So it doesn't buy your participation, but that uh, the interest should be declared and recorded. Now, to make life simpler, um, Peter has a list of, of who we think are the uh, people who need to declare an interest. So if he reads the list, and uh, um, if it's right, we'll, 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 we'll take the uh, declarations as read. If there are any inaccuracies, perhaps you could point them out. I hope this is comprehensive. If it's wrong, please do say. Uh, I'm trying to omit anybody who is not here this evening. Uh, so, uh, as far as I can see, parish councillors among the membership here include councillors Artis, Asker, Davy, Fairhurst, Freeman, that's uh, Richard Freeman, he's not here, sorry, uh, LeCount, Lemon, Morris, Ranger, Redfern, and Sell. Is there anybody else? Councillor Harris and Councillor Gerard. Sorry, I missed you. No other declarations then? I'd just like to, to say that I'm going to remind members about the change to the modern Gov for accessing and viewing council committee agenda papers as from the beginning of this week. All members have now been given the opportunity to attend registration and training sessions, including two sessions earlier today. We have representatives in attendance from modern Gov at the back there. Uh, and I'm sure they were prepared to give advice and help where appropriate. So if any member is experiencing problems, viewing the agenda for this evening. So we move on to item two, which are the meetings, the minutes of the meeting held on the 10th of October. Is it your wish that I sign these minutes as a correct record? Agreed. Thank you very much. So then move on to Chairman's announcements. As always, it's a very interesting role to have to be your Chairman. And about halfway through one's turn of office, and I've lost count of the number of times I've been asked, where is Uttlesford? And I have to try to explain, where is Uttlesford? I've been asked, I think on not many occasions, but I've been asked on two occasions, am I Mr. Rolf? And I, before answering that question, I think to myself, um, uh, should I say 
before I, before I answer the question, should I ask where you live? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so some people were confused. Um, the, the job does call for a certain level of diplomacy. I, um, I was at the Basildon dinner a little while ago, and uh, I was sat next to the leader of the UKIP group and a husband who is also a UKIP councillor who were extolling at quite some length the virtues of a hard Brexit uh, in general and Mr Farage in particular. So I, I kept, I'm not, I'm not sure they realised uh, which political group I come from, but anyway, so one has to be some element of diplomacy. Um, Thank you very much for those people who attended the carol service on Tuesday. I think it went well. The church was pretty full. And uh, thank you to the Lord Lieutenant uh, for volunteering to read the lesson. Uh, the Chief Executive also read a lesson. Thank you. Uh, and the Chairman of the Sunset Parish Council. I should say thank you to Melanie Maguire and Sue Kempster who did a lot of the work in organising the event. And we made over £400 for my charities. So that was very good. I, sometimes conversations stick in one's mind. And I had a conversation many years ago with a resident of the Mount Fisher Estate in Stansted. And I vividly recall that his view was that the less he heard about from the council, the better it was for him the council was perceived in rather negative terms. And I thought part of the role that I could perform is trying to put a different side of the council compared to enforcement and things like that. So what, I, what I've done, and I'm quite keen on plagiarising, adapting as to uh, where possible, and I've run a Christmas card competition this year and a Christmas poem competition aimed at the primary schools in the district and the Christmas card you probably may not see here but uh, the competition which the vice chairman and the chief executive and myself decided uh, was won by a young lady called Isabel Wrigley from year six at Thomas More School in Saffron Walden the Christmas poem and the winner of the Christmas poem was Charlie Stevens from Radwinter Primary School, uh, who was there on Tuesday with and his teacher read out the poem. So it was all, all I think, uh, a good way of engaging with the community. And I also thought, because I'm always conscious, uh, particularly as I looked at Councillor Howell about any initiatives I might do about the impact on the council's finances. So I thought to myself, well, I knew that last month the Queen, Her Majesty the Queen and uh, the Royal Highness Prince Philip celebrated their 70th, but 70th marriage, year of marriage, and I thought to myself, is there anyone in Uddlesford who could emulate that? And fortunately, there is. And the lucky couple, of course, live in God's Little Acre. Uh, yes, thank you, Councillor Chambers. <laughs> uh, 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 in Dubno End, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Hollingworth 
celebrated 70 years of marriage uh, this January and I will be paying them a visit hopefully fairly soon with a bouquet of flowers. So, Council Hall, rest assured, we've only had one couple so far put forward. <laughs> Just been a few notable events. Together with the Chief Executive and Councillor Ranger, we attended the groundbreaking ceremony at the Radisson Hotel vis-à-vis um, -vis the new college for Harlow College is establishing at the airport. It gave Councillor Ranger an opportunity to put his hard hat on again uh, the preceding ceremony. And it, it was a... Uh, I think it was very worthwhile. We had the Minister, Claire Perry, there, and she told me I was wearing a nice bit of bling, uh, or words to that effect. But... It is the first FE college in the district. We have made a contribution of £300,000. And I think uh, for young people in the district, it will give an opportunity to do courses, apprenticeships, which will be very much relevant to Stansted Airport and beyond. A couple of other things that I just want to mention in passing. Uh, I went to Brentwood Cathedral for the High Sheriff's Justices service and it was a, I found it a very moving event and the quality of the music at the cathedral was first rate. And as I go around the district, I am constantly surprised by the excellence that one finds. I was at the Uddersfield Community Travel concert, Christmas concert of the weekend, uh, where we got entertained by the Dummo Wind Band and the Dummo Rock Choir, both of whom were very good in their own way, and the people there certainly seemed to enjoy it. So, all in all, it's a very interesting time, and uh, you're constantly meeting a range of different people, many of whom keep asking me where is Uttlesford, but eventually <laughs> I think I might have a map with me and say this is Uttlesford. Right, thank you very much. So we will move on then to the next item on the agenda, which is item four, reports from the leader and members of the Executive Council are off. Thank you very much indeed, uh, Chairman. I'd just like to uh, start on a sad note, um, and I'm sure Council would want to join me in conveying their condolences to the friends and family of Mary Rose, who used to work in the housing department here, retired quite recently, uh, and also to Alan Johnson, who for many years ran the Neighbourhood Watch incredibly effectively um, to uh, stalwarts of um, life in Uttlesford. Moving on, Chairman, uh, I congratulate you on an excellent carol service. Uh, you packed the church, which was fantastic, and it was a, it was a uh, most enjoyable evening. Um, three, three points, I think, uh, that, uh, other points I'd like to make. First is, at the back of the um, chamber is this document, which is the Essex Police Rural Crime Strategy, uh, put together by Essex Police, the PFCC, 
and uh, Essex Rural Partnership, of which John Freeman is our representative. Um, and it is, uh, it is a helpful read, um, so I encourage you to pick up a copy. There's a sort of big version and a, and a smaller version, at the, as I say, at the back. Um, today, the Chief Executive and I attended uh, the quarterly meeting of Essex leaders and Chief Executives, and um, we've had presentations before, uh, but this was an update from Dr Andrew Sentence, who uh, many of you will see. He is the quite a media figure on economic matters, and he chairs the Essex uh, Economic Commission. And um, I've said in this chamber before that uh, in his earlier reports, he highlighted some of the challenges in, in Essex, um, one of which is that pro rata to our size and um, uh, general shape, uh, we, we, we are way below par in terms of the number of medium size, I'm talking 200 million plus uh, businesses, uh, and this clearly has an impact on the GDP of Essex, which also uh, lags behind some of our neighbours. And the second point is uh, around our skills basis, that uh, whilst we have some great schools uh, and some great universities, uh, some uh, um, output of further education, I'm not having a go at further education, but in terms of some of the output and the alignment of the skills learnt at further education to the requirements of business in Essex, uh, is, is not good. So it's interesting to hear his update today and um, you'll remember that he's focusing on, particular, on four particular points. The, uh, the, the scale and identity of Greater Essex and we'll come back to that in the vision later and I think it's important to, uh, to be able to frame that and shape it. Um, secondly, to enable business growth in Essex, um, how and uh, how do you make that happen? The skills challenge that I referred to and improving connectivity. So four key points and, and, and their work will continue uh, so that they'll complete uh, their work next year uh, with, a, with a full presentation which obviously we will um, circulate to you and he's particularly focusing on availability of commercial workspace, something that's close to our heart in our emerging local plan. Uh, the skills challenge that I referred to and um, Chairman's uh, mentioned the Stansted College, and that's absolutely fantastic. First tertiary college uh, or college of further education in Uttlesford. Um, and the third one is the challenges facing the Greater Essex's coastal communities. It's not unique to Essex, it pretty much goes up the east coast of this country. Uh, and whilst there's quite a lot of growth in the centre, uh, we're aware of, of, of many coastal communities that are struggling. Uh, so it'll be interesting to re read the outcome of uh, what he calls Enterprising Essex Meeting the Challenge. Uh, so uh, more of that probably under the Essex Vision Chairman. Finally, uh, members have been circulated this, so I won't read it all out, but I do want to draw to your attention that this week the Government launched a consultation under Section 16 of the Neighbourhood Planning Act 2017 on the principles of establishing locally-led development corporations. Um, and it means that if enacted... Uh, there will be the power to establish development corporations. Um, and uh, the closing date for responses to the consultation is the 2nd of January, so certainly Uttlesford will be, will be doing that. The second announcement um, was a planning delivery fund to assist with the delivery of garden communities. Uh, and again, uh, we will be looking to submit bids. Uh, expressions of interest are required by the 11th of January. Uh, and the three themes are joint working, design quality, and innovation. 
So I think that's probably enough for now, Chairman. Thank you. Thank you. Before I ask other members of the executive if they wish to report, I just want to add uh, to what the leader said about Alan Johnson. I, I did meet Mr. Johnson on a number of occasions, and I remember speaking. Mr. Johnson was a resident of Newport, and I do remember the important role that he had in Neighbourhood Watch, not just in Uttlesford, but on the national scene as well. Uh, uh, who, uh, some members of the executive want us to speak, Councillor Redfern. Ladies first. Thank you, um, Chairman. Um, I would like to wish everybody a Merry Christmas, actually, as this is the last full council before Christmas. But um, when I... Um, um, I said I was going to speak this evening. Councillor Rolf said something that reminded me of what I said to my father on um, my wedding day. Don't speak for too long and don't be too boring. And that is, that is exactly what he um, said to me. So I will do my best as my dad did. Um, so I'm just, I, I am a bit boring about housing. I know that. So I'm going to trot through it anyway and um, wave if it is getting boring and I'll sit down. So, um, in the last year, April to March, 149 affordable houses were built across this district. And in the, in the first six months of this year, we've delivered another 70 affordable. We have further sites due to be completed during this financial year, which should increase the total for this year to 170 affordable homes, so another bumper year. Included in this are two rural exception sites, which Uttlesford is... is um, exceptionally good at delivering, at delivering exception sites. So we have two more um, due to be completed by February, um, one in Newport, 34 homes, and one in Little Hallingbury of 16 homes. Um, as a council, we continue to build our own um, new council homes, and I'm just going to tell you what we've got going on at the moment. So as um, lots of you will know, um, I've mentioned it many times before, but the first phase of Reynolds Court was um, completed this year and the second phase for another 26 new homes there is well underway and we're due to complete that by October uh, 2018. The remodelling of Hatherley Court is underway and is really taking shape well. Um, that is the first phase of that is due for completion in early 2018 and the second phase should be delivered by the autumn. Walden Place, also in Saffron Walden, that's something we're looking at. It's a big, for those of you who don't, aren't familiar with it, it is a big sort of um, basically manor house in, the, in Saffron Walden that we happen to own, but obviously it's not appropriate for council housing. So we are looking at what, what the options are for, for that. And at the moment we have um, just one tenant left in that building. So um, we'll, I'll be reporting back on, on that. Sheds Lane in Saffron Walden, as you know, we, had, we got planning permission um, to remove some garages that we own and build some other um, council houses, and there are, um, they're due to be completed um, in June 2018, but I'm particularly pleased because one of them is a specially adapted um, three-bedroom home, totally wheelchair-adapted, for a local family with a severely disabled child who, and, um, whilst I'm not allowed to mention who it is, lots of you will know who we're talking about, so I'm particularly pleased to say that is on, on target and due for completion in June. Uh, Newton Grove in Great Dunmo, we've received um, planning permission, thank you planning committee, um, for two, um, two bedroom houses and two flats and we hope to start 
hopefully on site there by April next year. Uh, Frambury Lane in Newport, four two-bedroom houses with the various parking. We've, um, again, we've got planning permissions for that. Um, and we have... Um, we anticipate to start on that next year. There's another site in, uh, called the Moors, which is um, 12 bungalows that we own, but they've got severe subsidence. So we've actually managed to move quite um, successfully the tenants that were in those properties, and we are at pre-planning application stage with this to replace them with 16 new, um, new dwellings. So parish council and local residents will be consulted in January, and we will work with the planning department here to hopefully get another success through the planning committee. Um, Walden Road in Rabwinter, um, we did a deal with the um, affordable housing provider on that site, and we've actually bought eight properties off this particular site. And the first three have not just completed, but they are due to um, the tenants have been approved, and they will be taking... Uh, um, taking residents in their new homes before Christmas, which is particularly nice. Um, and finally, on um, refugees, um, I did bring this up at Cabinet last week, but for those, that, those of you that weren't there, we have another family of refugees that will be um, arriving here next week, well, not here, but to the district next week. They will be um, housed in a, uh, one of our properties, um, very close to the other family that we've also housed. So that's, a, that's a, um, a bonus, really, because they will have a much better support there than the first family that we, we took. These are, this is a family with um, three children, uh, two boys, one age 10 and one age 16, and a 19-year-old... Um, sorry, yes, a 19-year-old daughter. So they should also be in their new home by Christmas. And that was a very fast trot through what's going on in planning. But if you've got any questions, I'll be uh, sorry in housing. In housing, um, I'll be very happy to take them. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor Redfern. Councillor Ranger, did you want to say something? Then Councillor Parker, I think. Yes, thank you, Chairman. Um, just a couple of points from across the portfolio, taking up a mere 90 seconds. <laughs> On the 21st November, along with officers, I attended a health issues related. Uh, based conference, uh, Prevention is Better Than Cure at Genome. Delegates came from across eastern England and the presentations were thought-provoking, particularly in respect of the digital progress being made and the need to coordinate actions across the services. Some really bring you up short facts regarding obesity and expected life years for over 65s in either good or bad health. Uh, there was an illustration of one good practice that our community's team and I are keen to be adopted here. That is that the team are an internal consultee in respect of public health and community cohesion on planning applications for over 25 dwellings. We currently consult internally on, environment, on environmental health, housing need, conservation areas, trees and other things, but not specifically on community social concerns. So we'll be working on that idea with the planners. We will be doing it anyway in respect of our new settlements, so to similarly address enlargement proposals of our existing settlements seems perfectly proper to me. Not unrelated to that last point, our Health and Wellbeing Board has published its delivery plan for 2017-2018, listing and tracking the progress of the ongoing projects across the district. 
we ensure that the projects we promote are incorporating the advancement of our five core principles, which are mental well-being, prevention, self-care, partnership working and community mobilisation, and finally tracking, tackling inequalities. And lastly, we are undertaking a review of the various funding streams we operate and also those that are available from other organisations to ensure that our voluntary organisations, clubs and associations of all types are getting a chance to gain all the financial help they need. And of course, don't forget your award member allowance. I don't want to see any of that remaining unspent by the end of the year. Thank you. Thank you, Chairman. Councillor Ranger, Councillor Parker. Thank you, Chairman. Chairman, first of all, could I add my... Um, comments about Mary Rowe to those of the leader. Mary Rowe was a lovely lady. She was a housing officer. She joined the council um, about 16, 18 years ago when I first became a councillor and she always looked after the tenants in the south of the district extremely well. Always had a lovely smile for everybody. Lived in high roading and I know she will be missed. Um, Chairman, not my portfolio but as Councillor Riles is in today here, just a brief update on supervast Essex broadband rollout. Um, this is a statement, it's, it's not a Councillor Riles' word, it's just a position statement. Essex County Council's broadband programme is continuing to increase access to superfast broadband across the county and in Uttlesford work with full fibre network operator GigaClear is set to start early next year as part of Phase 3. Essex County Council signed a contract with GigaClear in June this year to roll out ultra-fast fibre broadband to 4,600 homes and businesses in Uttlesford. That is an additional 4,600 homes by December 2019. It was one of the three lots procured under phase three of the programme. The technology rolled out by Gigalgear is 100% fibre to the premises, meaning fibre runs directly to each property, providing speeds of between 50 megabytes and 100 megabytes per second. It is an entirely new fibre network being located underground to protect it from the elements with no poles or wires of masts. We anticipate the further details about what the network build involves, what residents and businesses can expect to see in their neighbourhood, and the broadband service they will receive once work is complete will be shared early next year with all members. Information will then gradually be shared with parish and town council, residents and businesses directly ahead of work starting in each community, and local events will be planned to give them the opportunity to ask questions. We will be adding information to the UDC website, but in the meantime you can check addresses due to be covered by the Superfast Essex programme. Chairman, there are two um, web addresses here. We'll circulate this and attach it to the minutes so that anybody who is interested and those of us who live in the rural areas who do not have access to Superfast uh, will be very interested and uh, we'll attach this to the minutes. Thank you, Chairman. Councillor Parker, if there are no other comments from members of the Executive, we move on to item five. Item 5, members' questions to the leader, members of the executive and chairman of committees. So I'll now take up to 15 minutes of questions from members. Any questions from members? Councillor Hargreaves. Uh, thank you, Chair. Um, the um, review of council spending... The document from that was 72 pages long. Uh, it was done by outside consultants, I assume. Could we know, please, um, how much that, that actually cost the, the council? Well, I, I don't know the answer offhand, but I can certainly come back to you on that point. Could I ask a, I have a reason for asking that question. Um, I'm slightly puzzled because... 
obviously part of this survey was asking about the uh, LCTS and whether parish councils should be supported or, or not. And my understanding is the council's position is that there is no legal responsibility to do anything, and that the council is uh, not holding any funds from government in this matter. And therefore my puzzle is why on earth did the council then consult with residents on something that it did not need to do and was not, did not have any responsibility for? Can I suggest we have that discussion under item 7? Any other questions? No? Then we move on then to item 6, matters received about joint arrangements and external organisations. No matters have been notified to me about joint arrangements or from external <coughs> organisations. Therefore, we proceed to item 7, the Local Council Tax Support Scheme and Consultation 2018-19, and I will invite Councillor Howe to present the Cabinet recommendation to approve the Local Council Tax Support Scheme for 18-19 as set out in the report. A letter of representation has been received from Suffolk Warden Town Council about the withdrawal of the discretionary subsidy for Town and Parish Council. The letter is included in the supplementary pack for this meeting. Councillor Howe. Colleagues, um, indeed, I wish to present the Cabinet's recommendations for the Local Council Tax Support Scheme for 2018-19. Um, stand up quite regularly and talk about this. The, the, this time of year seems to come around far too frequently. But we are required to consult on this process and take an annual vote on the design of the scheme that we feel is appropriate for, for Uttlesford. Um, so the consultation is a requirement. Even if we were not planning to make any changes to the local council tax scheme, we would still be required to undertake a consultation. Um, there's been a, an extended period up to today's debate and decision. Um, that included a consultation with members of the public through the course of September. There was a very extensive and I found helpful discussion at scrutiny on the 30th of November. And the details of the public consultation are set out on pages 21 to 59 of the council papers tonight. Um, I think one of the characteristics of Uttlesford is the enormously strong public engagement we have across so many areas. Um, and this is an example. A thousand residents, very close to a thousand residents, responded with their views on the local council tax support scheme. And I think it's an indication of just how much people care about their district, care about the types of uh, services that we provide. And I think it's a uh, reflection on the, the, the strong levels of public engagement um, and something I think we can be very much appreciate and I certainly appreciate the time taken by my neighbours and your neighbours to give their comments and I've read through those comments and digested the results of the consultation with, with a great deal of interest. Now the details of Uttlesford scheme are set out on page 14 um, under numbers 4 to 5. Um, in broad terms, we, uh, to summarise them very briefly, we include protection for councillors on low income 
Sorry, I beg your pardon. Pensioners. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. We provide for protection of pensioners on low income in line with government guidance. We have a discretionary protection for the disabled carers and blind people. And working age persons who qualify contribute to 12.5%. I draw Councillor Hargreaves uh, attention to item G on that list. Uh, one of the areas where we have in the past provided a, uh, a subsidy is to parish and town councils and we are proposing to change that in that scheme and so for that reason we chose to consult on that particular item. Um, I will deal with the details of that particular element G separately if you don't mind. Um, what I do want to draw your attention to is the details of the local council tax schemes across Essex as set out under 6 on page 15. And you can see that Uttlesford differs very significantly from the schemes in place elsewhere across Essex. For the last four years, we've set the contribution rate at 12.5%. And if it's approved tonight, we would, uh, I hope, uh, agree to maintain it at 12.5% for a fifth year. Um, the report sets out the details of the caseload. It also details the impact were we to increase the contribution rates, both on those individuals who participate and benefit from the, uh, from the subsidy that's available, but also the impact on the precept raising authorities, including Uttlesford. Um, I do need to deal with um, item G, which is the discretionary funding of town and parish councils. The details of that are set out on page 16 to 17 under nine, numbers 15 to 20. Now the background to this is that when the government devolved the setting of and design of local council tax schemes, uh, support schemes to local authorities, they put in place certain transitional arrangements in the form of additional revenue support grant funding. We quite rightly chose to pass on the appropriate element to parish and town councils to ensure that they were not disadvantaged in any way as a result of the adjustment to the tax base uh, arising from the design of the local council tax scheme which is appropriate and we've agreed for this district. Now those are transitional arrangements ended and you'll see that most councils across Essex have actually, as the uh, revenue support grant has been reduced, have similarly decreased the grant provided to town and parish councils within their area. We have continued to pay that transitional arrangement for a period of time. This year, this year 1819, there will be no revenue support grant. And so accordingly, last year we proposed a 50% reduction in the town and parish council grant. And we're proposing to reduce it further this year in 1819 to zero. Now the consultation, and I... I have said this a number of times, usually when I stand up. It is a consultation, it is not a referendum. It is very good to hear the views of a thousand members of the public um, and it helps us to inform our views, but it is not a plebiscite. It does not require us to follow those decisions. But I am pleased to say and see that the approach of a 12.5% contribution rate is broadly supported by the majority of residents. Not only that, they very strongly support the fact that we continue to provide full support for pensioners. Um, I'm conscious that two town and parish councils have opposed um, the, the withdrawal of the grant. Facts to parish councils letter is set out on pages 59, 57 to 59. 
Um, I do need to point out that I wrote to Thaxted last year because they objected on the same terms with a very similar letter last year. And I pointed out that the, the reference within the, uh, their letter to uh, uh, Mr. Hopkins, uh, the Secretary of State, or why not, um, and his references to appropriate funding referred to 1314 and did not relate to last year's consultation, 1718, and, and, and refers even less to this year's, uh, 1819. Um, I'll deal, if there are further questions, on Saffron Walden Council's objections, but I, but I do need to point out that there is no discretionary funding from, sorry, there is no additional funding or transitional funding from government. That ended a number of years ago. I'm happy to take questions and, uh, and answer them to the extent that I can. I believe that the scheme that we have in place and is proposed to you tonight is appropriate for Uttlesford. I think it's something that we all councillors uh, can and should be proud of. We differ from the scheme in place elsewhere across Essex. It's appropriate in my mind that as we can afford to, we should do what we can to help and assist some of the most vulnerable in our communities. And for those reasons, well, I, recommend the, I propose the recommendation to you that the 1819 LCTS scheme, as set out, is, uh, is set on the same basis as 1718, and therefore the contribution rate is frozen for a fourth year. We continue to protect vulnerable and disabled residents and carers on a low income, and the discretionary subsidy grant for town and parish councils is withdrawn. Thank you. So the recommendations have a seconder. Councillor Chambers, do you wish to speak to it? Well, I have pleasure in seconding that. Uh, I entirely agree with what Councillor Howell has said, and I think the Council is doing uh, as much as it possibly can to help some of those vulnerable people, and certainly some of those people who are lower incomes. Thank you, Mr Chairman. Dean. Thank you, Chairman. This uh, topic was, uh, again, discussed at uh, scrutiny a couple of weeks ago. Um, one of the things that we did um, suggest was that it might be possible to simplify in some way the um, way in which this is, this is carried out, whether it can be done in such a way that it reduces the costs of the consultation that uh, Councillor Hargreaves referred to. I don't know, but that's something for officers to look at. The, uh, there was a division of opinion on the committee, but the majority supported the scheme that's being put, in, put forward to you tonight. And I'd just like to address the topic or the issue that uh, two first-tier councils have reserved, and I've got some referred to us, and I've got some um, data, I think, that might put it into context. The, um, the, the whole system of council tax is based on, first of all, the, the, the council tax base, and the council tax base is essentially the value of the properties in the district, obviously across a, a number of bands, but nevertheless that all adds up to saying that if you, if you levy a, a, a council tax of one pound, then you, you get a certain amount of money in, and if you increase the amount that you levy, then based on the the value of council tax in your parish, then you get a, a different number. In the case of um, Saffron Walden, the, um, the council tax base was, when this scheme was first introduced about five years ago, was £6,063.20. Today, or in, 
for, for setting council tax in the coming year, it's, it's gone up to 6,658, and that's, I guess, principally because there are more houses in the parish, and therefore you get more, in, more, more income for the, amount that, uh, for the same amount. Um, so, and in fact, what's happened is that the, the council tax base has increased by 9.8%, in other words, slightly short of 10%. So if nobody did anything, then, then the income to the, the town council, in the case of Saffron Walden, would have gone up by 10%. The, the effect of, the, of LCTS and of the town council bearing that is that uh, instead of it going up by 10%, it's actually gone up by 2.45. In other words, roughly 7.5% is the reduction in the council tax base before you start deciding how much you're going to charge. So, so it does reduce it as, just as it, as it has done for Uttlesford. But I think there's a, more, there's a more fundamental point here really that just as, as we've heard from Councillor Howell, we are here to decide what is the right way that we should um, support the less able um, members of, the con of, of our district by adjusting, in increasing a, a, council, a local council tax allowance. I think the same should apply to a town or parish council. They are there to raise their own tax and to take into account that there are people on their, in, in their parishes who are less able to pay it. And I think it's for the town council or the parish council to decide that, that it will, in fact, raise any balance from the better off members in the community. That's how it works for us, that's how it works for the, the county. And I, I see no logical reason why a town or parish council shouldn't do the same thing. And so I think on that basis alone of taking responsibility for their own income, uh, I, I, well, and the, and the committee support the, the, the scheme of withdrawing the grant so that town and parish councils can take their own responsibility on board. Thank Councilor, you. Councillor Lodge. Thank you, Chair. I, I would like to propose uh, an amendment to, uh, to the recommendations uh, here. Uh, whilst, um, as far as the items, that there, there are three recommendations, you will know. Uh, as far as one and two are concerned, then uh, um, I support those. Most, most strongly, I think we, um, uh, we do a very good job of looking at the comparables around, um, around the county, so I very much support those. Um, however, the amendment I would like to make is to um, uh, item three, with this reason, the discretionary subsidy grant for town and parish councils is withdrawn. I would like to change that to the discretionary subsidy grant for town and parish councils is maintained at the current 2017 2018 levels. Now then, whilst uh, I'm stand, standing in front of you, this uh, amendment is in fact really being made by the Right Honourable Sajid Javid, the Secretary of State at the, uh, at the Department. Um, many of you will have, will have seen the letter from Saffron Walden Town Council in which they quote his uh, recent speech, in fact it's a speech only uh, about six weeks ago to the um, uh, National Association of Local Councils, um, and a, a number of points made there. Were, and this is what he's saying to the to the, to the lower tier of um, the, the, the lowest tier, the parish councils and the uh, town councils. I know that not enough cash from the principal support grants is finding its way down to your level, and that's just not right. 
Now, bear in mind, this is from the department that's withdrawn it, but you can put it in that, in that context, and he's still saying that in very recent times. Principal authorities should be devolving responsibilities to local councils because you are the best place to deliver more tailored services. And I think that uh, addresses to a degree Councillor Dean's comments there. Um, the, 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 uh, uh, the Secretary of State wants local communities to be responsible and to have the money to be able to do that without necessarily raising the precepts if there's a better way to do it. I'll just carry on to some of the other things. Um, it's not so they can save a few pounds and get important work done on the cheap. They certainly shouldn't be using Paris precepts as a means of avoiding their own cap on council tax increases. So we, we're here in Uffelsford in a situation where I think people will have noticed that we're heading towards around about a £1.5 million surplus on this year's uh, current account. Um, I'm not looking here at a profligate spending of a council. What I'm doing is to allow, and what I'm suggesting is that we allow communities to be able to make those decisions and not have to put punitive increases at their level. So this isn't profligate spending, it's, it's, it's making an adjustment across the authorities. And I think that there was a, um, I think uh, Councillor Howell said earlier that, that uh, we can afford to do this. So the, the money is there. Um, I would like the Council to support the uh, Secretary of State and approve this amendment. Thank you. Thank you. Does it have a second, Councillor Gerard, do you wish to speak to yes, it? Yes, I will second the amendment. Thank you very much. No. So we are now debating the amendment which has been proposed and seconded. I think, Mr Snow, you've got the details there, haven't you, of the amendment, which I think is fairly straightforward, as I've written it, I don't know if perhaps you'd like to read it out, Mr Snow, just so everyone's clear what the amendment is. One one and one two okay. it is, is, remains unchanged, and one three is simply deleting the word withdrawn and replacing it maintained at current 2017-18 levels. Councillor, how did you wish to respond to this at the stage? Well, I'm, I'm very happy to respond. I, if there are other people who wish to speak in favour of the recommendation, or sorry, wish to speak in favour of the amendment, um, I'd, I'd prefer to hear their comments so I can try and address those as well at the same time. Any comments on the amendment? Councillor Dean? I'll speak against the amendment. I think this um, speech by the Minister is being misinterpreted. Uh, at the present time, this Council is not delegating service responsibilities down to town and parish councils. It's, it's actually, uh, and if it were, I could agree it. And if you wanted to argue about when services were delegated down to, for instance, up from Walden Town Council eight or years ago, eight or what years ago, that's a, you know, that's a long time ago. At the present time, there are no services and responsibilities from that point of view being delegated. All that's happening is that, uh, that the town council is being 
us to be responsible for what it's already responsible for and has been for a long time, which is to raise its own council tax. So, so really my point is that the Minister's speech is being misinterpreted. Any other comments of Councillor Howe replies to the amendment? No? Councillor Howe? Thank you, Councillors. Um, I'm not willing to support the amendment um, and I will be opposing it. Um, We've thought long and hard about what is the appropriate structure for us to ensure that we can continue to provide local council tax support to those where the need is greatest. And while I recognise that this year, I hope very much that we will have a surplus, um, we are only halfway through the year and there are a number of issues, as there always are, that means that I don't wish to go and bank any money yet. So, but I'm also very aware that we undoubtedly face challenges going forward. Um, so it's important for us that we structure a local council tax support scheme where the need is greatest. And to my mind, ensuring that we can, can maintain a 12.5% contribution rate is far, far more important than a 2.7% reduction in the uh, Saffron Morden Town Council grants. I note in passing that uh, their own accounts show that, for example, they received grants from Uttlesford last year of £48,000. I'm very conscious that we make a new homes bonus members contribution for the seven Saffron Morden Town Council members of £14,000. So about £62,000 from your own accounts. I'm conscious also that Saffron Morden Town Council has had to make very substantial increases in its precept, or has chosen to make precept increases in recent years. Um, of I think two years ago, it was about 18.6%. Um, so they, they have been able to flex their account when they felt it is appropriate. My engagement with uh, my parish councils has been very clear. I've told the four parish councils that I'm involved with um, that this is a process that they need to engage with, that I would, I'm proposing that the grant is reduced by 50% last year and a further 50% this year, and this has given them the opportunity to adjust their budgets accordingly. And the contributions we've made are not dissimilar to the parishes that I represent. I think Councillor Dean is entirely right. I've uh, seen the, the Secretary of State's, the, um, there's a, a link that, that I've seen where this speech is, is, um, is, is, is relayed. And it's quite clear that he's referring to devolved responsibilities. Officers assure me, because I have asked the question, that we are not withholding funds that should be passed to town and parish councils. So I'm very much of the opinion that we should withdraw the grant. It is discretionary. We have continued to pay it for a number of years beyond which we didn't have to pay it in full. Um, and I feel that this going forward will give us a local council tax support scheme that I think will be able to stand the test of time. Thank you. So the amendment has been proposed and seconded, so we'll go to the vote Those on the amendment. Those in favour of... Gone. Councillor Lodge. Could I have a recorded vote, please? Vote, please. Can it just be a simple request from one person? Yes. Can? 
Were you reading out the names? Are you yes, we've, we've, not, we've not amended this to take account of people who aren't here, so um, we, we will take silence for absence. <coughs> uh, Councillor Andrew, I know, isn't here. Councillor Artis? Councillor Asker? Councillor Barker? Councillor G. Barker? Councillor S. Barker? Against. Councillor Chambers? Against. Councillor Davey? Against. Councillor Davies? Against. Councillor Dean? Against. Councillor Fairhurst? For. Councillor Farthing? Against. Councillor Felton? Against. Councillor Foley? Councillor J. Freeman? Against. Councillor R. Freeman not here? Uh, Councillor Goddard? Against. Councillor Gordon? Against. Councillor Hargreaves? For. Councillor Harris? Against. Councillor Hicks? Against. Councillor Howell? Against. Councillor Jones? Against. Councillor Knight not here? No. Uh, Councillor LeCount? Councillor Lees? For. Councillor Lemon? Against. Councillor Light not here? Councillor Lodge? All. Councillor Lochham? Against. Councillor Mills? Against. Councillor Morris? All. Councillor Oliver? Against. Councillor Parry? What is no, no longer a member, sorry, we need to update our list. Sorry about that. Uh, Councillor Ranger? Against. Councillor Redfern? Against. Councillor Rolfe? Against. Councillor Riles, not here. Councillor Sell? Against. Councillor Wells, and given that Councillor Parry's on the list, is there anyone we've missed out? Councillor Gerard. Thank you, Councillor Gerard. Thank you. I think clearly the amendment is lost, um, and I haven't added up the numbers, but clearly I think there were eight members uh, for the amendment. And I'm just doing a quick... 25, 25. thank you, Mr Snow. Sorry, 25 against and 8 for. So the amendment is lost. So we proceed to the substantive recommendations. Yes. Is anyone, any other member who now wishes to speak on the substantive? Councillor Howe, did you wish to say anything at this stage? We've had a, a good debate, uh, and uh, I won't focus on, on, on the amendment, but to move the, uh, the main recommendation. I, I have had a note passed to me which will allow me to, to address Councillor Hargreaves' question specifically. Um, the consultation was, for the most part, undertaken with our own internal resources. Um, I understand we do use an external um, 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 a marketing company uh, to do some of the telephone canvassing. I understand that we need to put this in the context that we also undertook a, a consultation on our budget priorities as well as local council tax support. So I believe that the remuneration of that company um, for this particular project and other projects was in the region of about £7,000. I can give you a more detailed answer if that's required, but I think that probably gives you an, an address, uh, addresses the point. Um, I think that we have a lot to be very proud of around local council tax support. I think that it's a scheme that is suitable for us. It does differ from elsewhere in the district, but we are not the same as elsewhere in the county. Um, so I very much support a continuation of a frozen contribution rate of 12.5%. Thank you. So we move to the vote. 
in terms of the substantive recommendations. Those in favour, please show. Twenty-four. Those against, please show. Uh, one, two, three. Make it five, five, six. Yes, I think all right. Six. So six against. Any abstentions? Two. Two abstentions. Thank you. We move on to the next item then on our agenda, which is the parliamentary boundary review. 2018 and to consider a recommendation from the Governance Audit and Performance <coughs> Committee meeting on the 16th of November 2017 to agree a response to the Boundary Commission for England's proposals for revised parliamentary constituency boundaries in England. Councillor Oliver, I think, is speaking to this recommendation. Councillor Oliver. Thank you, Chairman. As members are aware, the present parliamentary constituency includes the whole of Uttlesford and four wards of Chelmsford City. A recent proposal would have split the constituency into four. That proposal died when the revised scheme died in Parliament. In the view of the Governance, Audit and Performance Committee, this new proposal is preferable and it includes the whole of Uttlesford and four Braintree rural wards, taking us back towards where the constituency was before the change last time. The new proposals were supported by the Governance and Audit Performance Committee, and thus I have pleasure in moving the recommendation that this Council submits a formal representation to the Boundary Commission of England supporting the revised proposals for the Saffron Walden constituency. I so move. Does the recommendation have a second to Councillor Chambers? It does, Mr Chairman. Do you wish to speak to it? No, thank you. Right, thank you. Uh, I just add before we open up to debate that uh, boundaries come and go and the Southern Walden constituency, I'm very pleased, has <coughs> retained its name over the last almost 135 years. And uh, the Chelmsford additions to the constituency, some people's views are a bit of an anomaly because as some people will recall, is that we are now taking back a little bit of the territory that was once in the South Warden constituency, namely uh, Yeldham and Bumpstead. It's never, it ha we've never had the privilege of having three fields, which includes Finching Field in the constituency, uh, but uh, certainly when I was on Councillor Howe's group, you remember that we broadly supported, I think unanimously supported um, this proposal. So, uh, any colleagues who wish to speak on this item? No? Uh, Councillor Chambers? If I may, Mr Chairman, it yep. just goes back to what it was, which was really uh, uh, mainly a rural constituency. And by going back to what it is proposed now, which is more a rural community than it is and has much more connection with those places in Braintree than it does closer to Chelmsford. So I, I hope that everybody will agree that it is a sensible way forward for the Saffron Ward constituency. Thank you. 
no colleagues wish, wish to speak. It has been proposed and seconded. Recommendation, submit a formal representation to the Boundary Commissioner for England supporting the revised proposals for the Saffron Walden constituency. Those in favour, please show. Right. Those, those against, please show abstentions. I think it's two. Thank you. Two abstentions. Thank you. Fine. The future of Essex, and we actually have a video, and Councillor Rolfe is going to introduce this item. Thank you, Chairman. Um, you can sit back and enjoy a two-hour—I mean, a two-minute <laughs> uh, little relaxation. It, it, it's all about the future of Essex. You've got a copy on your um, tables, and. Um, Call it, call it the future of Essex, call it the Essex vision, uh, but it, it, it amounts to the same thing. And I'll explain a little bit more uh, about it uh, when we've seen the video. This video clip was um, shown at the Essex Assembly when the vision was uh, launched. And um, along with the Grayson Perry quote on page four, uh, uh, which I think is brilliant, and a different looking Grayson Perry from the one who was on Look East last night at uh, 10.30 um, um, talking about his exhibition in Colchester. Uh, but uh, I, I think the two things uh, sort of kick, kick the process off quite well. So if the technology works. Yeah, make of that what you will. I, th I, th I, think, uh, I, I think the point is that uh, they did a lot of research in preparation for this. And uh, so some of those quotes up there came out of that research. And Essex is, is an eclectic mix, uh, which is why the Grayson Perry um, uh, quote is so good. And when you go around Essex, it's, it's all of the things that were in that uh, clip and, and in the quote. But we recognise that there's, you know, there's some things that are good, some things that are less good, and an awful lot uh, that uh, we need to do, and that change is inevitable, and if change is going to happen, then why don't we take a slightly greater control collectively of the agenda? So I've no intention of going through the whole document, but um, I will just touch on the why, because it, in there 
it, and I'm on page nine now, because change is always coming, as we know, and we want to make sure it's positive and that it happens to, on our terms. We want to direct it, seize the opportunity it presents, and the only way to do that is to work together. Now, who's the we in this? And I think this is a really interesting point. So, this came about from Essex Partners. So, this is not an Essex County Council thing. It's not particularly a local government thing. Essex Partners include the Voluntary Service, uh, the Health Service, uh, Academia, um, as well as other statutory bodies uh, like the police and the fire services. So it's a collective, and of course it's the people of Essex as well. So it's a, it's, it's a collective statement. And because we don't have a mayor, we tried to go down that road, if you remember, and um, that didn't meet with great, uh, great support. Almost inevitably, because that is Essex. They're not going to have a mayor to tell them what to do. So, that, you know, that's, that's part of the whole sort of conundrum, really. Um, that what we've got to do is that we've got to work together. There's, there's absolutely no point in working in silos. Uh, and there is a lot of duplication, and we know that from the voluntary sector as well. Um, there are 400,000 people, uh, volunteers, in, in Essex, and, and, and hundreds of different organisations, but there are about 150 organisations that look after children, and so many of them duplicate, and, and we simply uh, want, obviously, to be able to do more with the resource uh, that we have. Um, so, um, we'll go quickly through the ambitions, but... Um, I think as we do that, you'll recognise that they are very consistent with Uttlesford District Council's, well, Uttlesford's objectives, which we've discussed many a time in this chamber. And in a sense, you can't really argue with them, uh, and we can nitpick some of the words, but that's not really the point. Uh, so um, the seven ambitions are to unite behind a sense of identity. So, you know, people in Yorkshire are very clearly... Yorkshireman, John Lodge will vouch for that, uh, and, uh, and other areas have that identity that possibly isn't the case in Essex, and maybe that's part of its charm, but nevertheless we do need to unite behind something if we're going to take the whole model forward. Um, the second is about health and enjoying life into old age, and, and on each of these ambitions there is a priority. I won't keep reading everything out because you can do that for yourselves, but um, number three is around education and providing an equal foundation for every child. Um, and as, again, we've said before, there's some great work in the voluntary sector with school readers in, term, in, in ensuring that every child that leaves primary school uh, is able to read, because if they can't, sadly, it holds, holds them back throughout the rest of their life. Um, item four, strengthening communities through participation, um, something I know that's uh, dear to all our heart, and, and, and it is about... Uh, binding that community spirit uh, together, developing our county sustain, su sustainably, um, and we recognise again uh, that we're a great mix uh, of uh, new, and Grayson captures this, uh, the new and the old. It has to blend together. We ourselves are um, you know, on, a, on a path for three new settlements, and they have got to be part of our future, future heritage as well. And obviously connectivity. Um, a really key subject that um, uh, Andrew's sentence also talked about uh, earlier, and that includes broadband as well, obviously, as our road, rail, and indeed sea, sea infrastructure. And um, finally, sharing prosperity with everyone. So why are we bringing it here? Because um, it is being discussed across Essex. I thought, felt it right that Uttlesford should be part of that debate. Uh, how will it happen? Uh, very good question. 
Um, as I say, there isn't, a, there isn't a body as such that's going to say we will make the, and nor probably should there be, but at least if we're aware of it uh, and that we align our objectives to it and collectively we, 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 we recognise the aspiration and try to drive them forward. So, that was a quick uh, summary. The um, recommendation is to note uh, the, the future of Essex and support the principles contained within it. Chairman, thank you. <coughs> Councillor Ranger, did you wish to second this recommendation? I uh, didn't think it was a proposal that needed seconded, Chairman, but I'm very happy to. It does. It does. Yes, I'm happy to. Did you wish to speak to that? Yes, please. Um, very simply, Chairman, um, I've read this and I just transferred the word Athelsford instead of Essex and district instead of county and everything fits and it starts now. Thank you. Thank you. Councillor Dean. I'm looking on pages four and five and I see a photograph of a, a grey-haired and bearded man um, and the, the name Grayson Perry. Now I did see Grayson Perry on BBC Look East only a couple of days ago and he had the most glamorous hairstyle that I've seen for a long time. So I'm wondering whether this council chamber will look different come February uh, once everybody's read this book. But my, the, the main point that I wanted just to ask, because I haven't fully got my head around uh, what, what this constitutes, there's a reference to Essex Partnership Board, um, and of course we have, or I've had for some time, our own Other Futures um, strategic partnership, and I remember when that was established, goodness knows, uh, well over ten years ago, there was uncertainty what role it had, um, what the relationship between the council and it was, uh, whether there was a, a democratic deficit, in other words, things were being decided elsewhere that nobody knew about. So I think these things just needed to be, need to be sorted out so that nobody goes away thinking that somewhere here there's the equivalent of an elected mayor who's doing things that, out of control, if you will, um, and, and that's a question, that's not an accusation because I don't know enough about it at the moment so I just raise that as something that needs to be thought through and, and communicated Yeah, that's, uh, thank you Councillor Dean that's really the point I was touching on in terms of who's the we in all of this um, our local strategic partnership which as you know has got four strands to it and, and, and it's probably time that this council was updated on some of its work. We tried to convey that in um, Uttlesford Life last time because it is doing great work, um, whether it be on health or children and families or um, um, economic development. So it, it, it's very important that we reach out to the wider community and we're not just talking amongst ourselves. So, so that is a body which we, I think, subscribe to. As far as Essex Partners... Um, it comes together as the Essex Assembly, which is a very wide group of people. So um, you're right, we don't have a, you know, apart from sort of the dignitaries like the Lord Lieutenant and the High Sheriff, we don't have a sort of a pan, and we have two unitary authorities as well. So, but it isn't about local government, that's the point. It's about Essex as a whole. So I don't think there's any, nothing's going to be done to you uh, that uh, isn't visible, democratic and uh, transparent. Uh, but it is about making sure that we are joined up um, and um, collectively driving the process forward. Thank you. Uh, obviously, change is inevitable. My only concern is that uh, 
Essex doesn't become too overheated uh, with the development pressures that are facing the county. But nevertheless, we have got a recommendation in front of us which has been seconded. Unless there's anyone else who wishes to speak, we will go to the vote. So those in favour of the recommendation as set out, please show. I think that's unanimous, is it? No. Uh, any against? No. Okay, thank you. We move on. All oh, right. Yes. Um, yes. We move on to item 10. Any other urgent items? And Councillor Redfern just wants to say something about the apprentice. Dragon's Challenge, so we're allowing a little, little bit of latitude under this. Yes, thank you so much. And I'm sorry to um, delay everyone's departure, but um, I did send out an email last week about the fact that I was doing a market stall with um, a group of sixth formers from Saffron County High. So we're taking part in the Dragon's Apprentice Challenge, which is across the um, district. And um, I've got, even got a badge that says Julie Redfern Dragon. So my husband thinks that's a bit of typecasting, fairly offensive, I felt. But um, I would just like to ask you, if you don't know what to buy someone for Christmas or you're free on the 18th of January, could you put a note in your diary because my team are running a special screening of um, the Great Gatsby at the uh, Saffron Screen and it will have some extra features and we are also asking people to come in period <coughs> costume to make a bit more of it. So I'll send out more details but if you don't know what to buy someone for Christmas I feel a ticket for that would be a perfect gift but if you don't want to do that if you could put it in your diary and come along yourself so I would really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. I have no other items so just to conclude the meeting I wish you all a very happy Christmas and a prosperous and healthy new year. Indeed. And Mr. Chairman, happy Christmas, everybody. Wish you a very happy Christmas and a healthy new year.